might be the single most quiet thing said out loud said in 2021. Now, I know. I know it's only March. We got time. A lot of things can get said between now and the end of the year. But this from Representative Tim Ryan is very valuable in understanding how the political left views things, how it's fundamentally different from so many people on the political right. And if you're just somewhere in the political ether, you can ask yourself once you hear this, whether or not this has value. Does this bring a value to America? Is this what government should be doing? So, so I, I can't tell somebody to, to take away their, their, their political uh, thoughts, biases, etc. But give it a listen and you tell me. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Get the podcast at TonyKatz.com. Everything we do is there. TonyKatz.com. Check it out for yourself. Subscribe to the podcast. I appreciate it. Tim Ryan, representative from Ohio. Tim Ryan ran for president for a hot second, like like a hot second. And he's there, and he's on the debate stage, and then he's like, "Yeah, I I, I don't think that uh, I don't think that I belong here. Not even supposed to be here today." And then boom, he was gone, just gone and out. Like, all right, clearly. Clearly, I shouldn't be here at all. And he's on the floor of the House of Representatives. And who is he angry? He is angry, right? He's one of these guys in favor of things like the PRO Act, P-R-O. The PRO Act is a way to get more people to join unions. Doesn't matter what uh, Nancy Pelosi or Representative Ilhan Omar say or, or, or anything else. This is about getting people to join unions, just like Assembly Bill 5 in California. We talked about it, said it was going to be important. You got to know what those Californians are doing because they will try and shove it down your throat. Sure enough, it's the PRO Act. It says you want to work in the gig economy? No, 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 no. You need yourself a job with benefits and you need a pension. You better get yourself with the union, son. And so what you need to do is not to be working the gig economy. You have to have a gig where the employer does this, that, and the other and pays this and this benefit, and that's the only way there can be any worthwhile, any worthwhile job creation at all. So in California, they said, if you like to work as a bartender for a caterer on the weekend, make a couple extra bucks, nope. Oh, are you a writer for a, for a blog? You, you, you're going to write a couple of pieces? Oh, no, 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 it's not going to happen. Uber? Now it's being fought. It's being litigated. All these things. But remember, all of it was to drive people into the hands of unions. Now, I'm not one of these conservatives that says unions are evil. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy because the rank and file which is trying to make a living and taking care of their family, they're very rarely my problem. Although there could be people within the rank and file I disagree with. Union leadership, well, that's a whole different thing. And I must say where I specifically disagree and believe that they should not be allowed is public sector unions. Public sector unions negotiate against the people who pay them. That's you, me, and we. So you have a political party that is willing to do favor for the union, 
The union public sector says, well, we need more money. The elected official who's getting donations says, you've got it. And we, the taxpayer, pay it. There should be no public sector unions. I will take that fight on anywhere, anytime, any place, without question, what you got to say. So when we talk about unions, it's really important to... to um, separate out you know we we can argue uh that uh the 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 auto workers right union in and of itself the the leadership well they've got a political bent and a political ideology and they ain't afraid to spend uh the money of uh, the rank and file we don't know how the rank and file feel about how the money is spent you would have to know somebody in the rank and file to know how the rank and file feel so we got to make sure because it's it, it we're, we're, we're castigating this entire group of people, many of whom could be voters. What, no one ever heard of Reagan Democrats before? One of the truer things that's going on now is that the Republican Party, without question, is the party of the working man. So you don't sit there and say, oh, yeah, these union workers. No, 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 no. You make sure you, you delineate the difference. What the PRO Act is doing, what AB5 in California did, was to pay homage to that union leadership that writes the checks and doles out the cash that makes it rain to the political left. Bring back in Representative Tim Ryan of Ohio, who is super duper angry. One of the earlier speakers said, this is the most dramatic change in labor law in 80 years. And I say, thank God. In the late 70s, a CEO made 35 times the worker. Today, it's three to 400 times the worker. And our friends on the other side running around with their hair on fire. Heaven forbid we pass something that's going to help the damn workers in the United States of America. Heaven forbid. We tilt the balance that has been going in the wrong direction for 50 years. We Let's stop and take a breath and first recognize the most flawed part of Tim Ryan's argument. Now, I would say to the representative, if you want to get into a yelling fat, uh, uh, match with me, if you want to get into a yelling fight with me, I'm down. But I'm telling you, you can't win. You think that's loud? You think that's passionate? Oh, oh, sir. No, that, 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 is, that is neither one. I mean, I'll show you. I, I can bring the fire and brimstone. I can make it happen, producer Ari. I don't like the fire and brimstone, Tony. But sometimes, sometimes, like the Kraken, he needs to come out and feed. All right, I'll, I'll try and keep it. I'll try and keep it in. First, what in the world does the pay of a CEO have to do with anything what does that have to do with anything if you want to make an argument that the worker isn't being paid enough let me also ask what does that have to do with anything shouldn't the worker be making that argument you're deciding for the worker they're not getting paid enough because of what the ceo is getting paid that's very awkward that's very awkward and very weird and very almost um, religious fervor in its nature. 
These two things are meaningless to each other. Nothing is keeping the employee there. They can go get another job. Let's say that again. Nothing is keeping the employee there. The company must assume that the CEO or the leadership is worth the dollars that they pay to create some level of efficiency that creates a top line and a profit margin that works for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. Now, would they? Oh, they enrich themselves, but they don't care about the employee. Well, the employee can then leave. Oh, the employee can't leave? Oh, there's only one mill in town. Oh, we have gone through in society moments when the mill left, when the plant disappeared and the town disappeared. He, Tim Ryan knows this, Lordstown. Uh, in, in my beloved uh, Indiana, should we discuss uh, the town of Muncie, which just a few decades earlier was quite literally the quintessential town? Of course, that happens. Of course, that takes place. But you're predicating it on the idea that the individual in America is helpless must have you to protect them. I reject that idea, and I believe rational people should. The individual is not helpless. Well, of course, when uh, abused by government, they are made helpless. When they are told, you don't have to work, and you can't, you can't negotiate in your best interest, thus raising the minimum wage makes people helpless, uh, th- they are. But when government stays out of the way, and the individual is able to do things, try things, create things... They are not helpless. Now, if you say to me, you worked in a plant, the plant goes under, you don't work in the plant, I didn't say things wouldn't be tough or difficult. But the plant does not owe it to the the worker to stay open. Everything that Tim Ryan is screaming about here, making it better for the worker, is predicated on what? Somewhere his belief that the plant, that the business, that the, uh, the, the company exists solely and exclusively to the benefit of the worker. I don't think you should abuse your workers. But that's not why the company exists. It's a fundamental flaw in the mathematics. But if you're not actually interested in the business, but rather you're interested in the control of the business, so the business provides to the worker, and then the worker looks to you and says, you saved me, here's my vote. As opposed to the recognition of markets. Well, you get Tim Ryan. But he said something else. We tilt the balance that has been going in the wrong direction for 50 years. We- that is the quiet part said out loud. Since when did it become the job of government to tilt the balance? Tilt the balance of what? He is admitting without question and without delay that it is indeed, as he sees it, the job of government to force business to pay here and to pay there. It is the job of government to force business to provide balance and equality, if you will, of outcomes, which should be opposed by rational people. Because in a society that has the equality of outcomes as opposed to um, equality of opportunity, right? 
equal opportunity, sure, equal outcomes, that's a totalitarian society. That is a top-down government society, and that society can't work, because in order for everybody to be equal, everybody gets pushed down to the bottom, because not everybody can make what the CEO makes. Can they? So everyone gets pushed down, and that way it's equal. It's like the idea of government housing, or housing is a right. Housing is a right. Housing is never a right. That's a lie told by liars. But when they say housing is a right, do you mean I get to live in LeBron's house? Do I get to live in Meghan and Prince Harry's house? It's a $14 million villa in, I think, Santa Barbara. Man, are they oppressed. They have a mortgage. Do I get to live in their house? And the answer is no. You get communist central planning houses, square concrete box. And everybody gets the same square concrete box. And you have three families living in the square concrete box because exactly how many square concrete boxes do you think we can build? This is how it works. This is what it is Tim Ryan is advocating for. Tilt the balance is saying out loud that government's job is to give these people X. Markets be damned. Talk about pensions, you complain. We talk about the minimum wage increase, you complain. We talk about giving them the right to organize, you complain. But if we were passing a tax cut here, you'd be all getting in line to vote yes for it. Now stop talking about Dr. Seuss and start working with us on behalf of the American worker. If there was a tax cut, I'd also get in line. You should get in line to vote for tax cuts. Tax cuts are good. What he favors is government control and what he opposes is you control. How many more ways can he say it? By the way, the Dr. Seuss line, we shouldn't talk about the fact that we're getting rid of free speech. Sure, whatever you say. Again, he favors government control, and he does not want you to be in control of you. That's what Tim Ryan did on the floor of the House. Be proud, Ohio. Woo! Pick yourself a winner. It's funny, when he ran for president, I think people thought that he was going to be like a voice of reason. I I don't think I was one of those people. I think other people were those people. So now, regardless of your political bias, regardless of whether you think the the, the worker should be paid more in in this scenario or that the CEO is paid too much as if you could ever decide what is too much, ask yourself, what is it that Tim Ryan is advocating for? And then ask yourself whether or not you value it. It doesn't mean you're going to agree with me 100% of the time. I'm okay with that. Right? As long as we can have a cigar together and kick back and relax, I'm cool. But ask yourself what Tim Ryan, Representative Tim Ryan, Congressman Tim Ryan is saying here. And what he is saying with all his screaming and yelling and bravado is that you should not have control of you. Governments should. And I don't think anybody should be down with that. Let me know what you think. I'm Tony Katz. The XFL is coming back? Maybe. This is, now this is all Twitter right now. You got to find me the story, producer Ari. That is the story. 
That's it? This is all there is? They're in negotiations. The negotiation is between the XFL and the Canadian Football League? Yeah, I did say it was sexy, but it's a story. This is... First of all, Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. I was very high on the AAF and the XFL. The AAF was the Alliance of American Football. XFL is XFL. Uh, And I like the idea of competition against the NFL. And then, of course, coronavirus came, and, well, with the AAF, they couldn't make Week 10 payroll, and that was the end of that. None of that's easy, but I love the idea of it. So the XFL, which is partially owned by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. (laughs) I love how you prefaced his middle name. Right? And his business partner entered into exploratory talks with the CFL about how the leagues can work together. The XFL plans to return uh, in in 2022, but that's on pause because they're having this conversation. So get this. He bought the league in August for $15 million. That's a steal. That's a steal. That's an absolute steal. He's 100% right to give this a go. The thing I cannot figure out is what does this, how does it help the CFL? Like, I'm not familiar with the popularity of Canadian football, right? I don't know what the the television numbers are. I don't know where the passion is. This isn't like a, a hockey night in Canada conversation. This is the XFL. So what, or, or CFL, how does this play out? The CFL is where some NFL people went to try and rehabilitate careers and then fail. Hello, Johnny Manziel. Aww. Hey, it's not my fault. He decided to be this kind of a blank up. Yeah. He, this is who he is. It's still mean. So I'm not sure what they could do unless there was a feeling that the CFL could join in and get, get the rock as a part owner and then add some celebrity cachet to the thing. By the way, he played in the CFL. He played because uh, he went uh, undrafted. He signed with the Calgary Stampeders. But he was cut after two months with the team. Huh. What do you know about that? This is Tony Katz today. This Gina Carano story. We we, we got to dig in. I have no idea what Bob Chappick. Is it Chapik? Chappick, the CEO of Disney? I have no idea what he's thinking. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. Love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter at Tony Katz. The podcast at TonyKatz.com. This is about the firing of Gina Carano. And how Gina Carano, um, as as uh, Chapek is explaining it in a statement, that it had nothing to do with politics. Oh, really? Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Because I I don't think anybody uh, believes you. In, in any way, shape, or form. So what he's saying, asked by a caller during a Q&A portion of, of a call with uh, shareholders, 
right? Asked if Disney has a blacklist. Questioning whether Karana by name, whether she was targeted for her conservative politics. Chapek, we'll call him Chapek. He says he, they do not see uh, Disney as, quote, left-leaning or right-leaning, and that Disney stands, quote, for values that are universal, values of respect, values of de- decency, values of integrity, and values of inclusion. And we seek to have the content that we make reflective of the rich diversity of the world we live in. And I think that's a world we should all live in harmony and peace. The world that you live in is that of Star Wars and of Marvel, and neither one of them is real. This is Disney, where you're not allowed to have a beard if you work in the theme park. What diversity and inclusion is he talking about? Is that true? Oh, yeah, that's totally true. Unless it's for the character, you're not allowed to have facial hair. Dang. Feel free to look that up. It could have changed by now. But what's he talking about? He said the things that people say nowadays to get them out of trouble. He might as well have said, please don't hurt me. But if the values are universal, values of respect, values of decency, values of integrity, and values of inclusion, what is it that she said that was so bad? She was talking about inclusion. Now, yes, she brought up the Nazi reference, and that's always a problem as far as I see it. Right? That's always an an, an issue as I view the thing. But there are plenty of people within that Star Wars world that made comparisons of Republicans to Nazis, and they still have their jobs. What she said is, there have been moments in history where people have been taught to hate their neighbor. What's going to happen in America if we start really hating our neighbors? I'm paraphrasing. There. That, that is not so much a controversial post. Right? That, that, that's, that's not controversial. There was a Lucasfilm spokesperson who said denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. I'm so glad that Lucasfilm is opposed to Louis Farrakhan. So she didn't say anything that was awful, nothing that was worse than what other members of the Star Wars world said, and they still have jobs. So nobody knows what the CEO is talking about. No one. Except that he's full on full of crap. I mean, he just is. It's, it's just obvious. Look at him. Look at what he wrote. Reflective of content, reflective of the rich diversity of the world that we live in. The only black superhero that I know of is um, uh, now going to be Captain America, but he's the, Fal- uh, the Falcon. Right? Black Panther? You, you got me, Ari, too. You got me. You got me. I was thinking of Captain America. I was thinking of Iron Man. I was thinking of Thor. I was thinking of the Hulk. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, super white. Um, and, and right? You, you, you want to add Nick Fury in there? Okay. I rattled off five. You got three. And then I can go Scarlet Witch and then uh, the, the, the super fast guy who got killed uh, right there. Then there's Ant-Man and then there's uh, the, the, the Wasp. Who am I missing? Oh, Spider-Man, right? Right. Oh, maybe Zendaya. Right. I can I can add that back into the mix. I mean, that's if you want to look at the world like that, which seems like a miserable way to look at the world. Uh, I'm not interested in 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 that personally. 
I'm not interested in in seeing the world uh, in, in in this way. It just sounds like your life would be completely and totally and utterly miserable. But she got fired for her politics. She got fired for her politics. That's what happened, and everybody knows it. In Arkansas, there's about to be a fight. Because in Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, who's the governor, signed legislation that bans almost every abortion in the state. I guess uh, what they're looking for is the Supreme Court to revisit Roe versus Wade. So I get why people go about these kinds of things, why they go about this, the, the engaging of this legislation, the signing of this legislation. The people opposed to abortion are opposed to abortion. And they have no interest in worrying about the people who think that you should sing your abortion or there should be an abortion on every street corner or abortion should be some flip or glib kind of, uh, of thing. They're going to fight, man. They are absolutely positively unafraid. And we should be clear about one thing. Roe v. Wade's a bad decision. I do believe it is the usurpation of states' rights. And I would overturn it just to let it go back to the states. Everyone understands that, right? Uh, Overturning Roe v. Wade is not abortion is illegal. That's not how it works. It would go back and, and become a state's rights issue, and some states would allow it, and some states wouldn't. Remember, there are some states that don't want to allow you to have a firearm. Why is that okay? I, uh, my, my, my right to bear arms is in the Constitution. We're not having a discussion of abortion here or needs or anything else. We're discussing what is indeed written. You want to add the constitutional amendment that says you can have an abortion? Go, go to work. Ireland ripped itself apart over it. Feel free. Not going to stop you. I think for people who are uh, in in the abortion business, it's been a rough time because the science is showing more and more what it is that you're actually dealing with. And I know some people don't like to discuss the fact that it's a life. All right, fine. You, you, what am I supposed to do? Force you to, to admit to reality? Let's just admit the fact that abortion kills something. That's all. All we have to do is agree with the basic premise that abortion kills something. Now, if you know someone who can't admit to that, right, if the person won't admit to that, well, then, okay, they're an unserious person. You know you can drop them and move on with your day. They're unworthy of your time or attention. Abortion kills something, which is why when it's referred to as a reproductive right, that's a laughable idea because it's about anything except reproduction. It's about the opposite of reproduction. Not because I say so, but because science says so. So the legislation is not going to take effect until after the legislature adjourns, so 90 days uh, after that. So it won't be enforced until the summer. So there's going to be a lot of challenges uh, uh, to this, right? They're going to be challenging this in every way uh it only allows the procedure to save the life of the mother does not provide exceptions for those impregnated by rape or incest why are they going to this what some people would call extreme the argument of the pro-life person is that life is life is life is life and our job is to defend it and a society that doesn't defend life is not actually a society 
the pro-choice person takes this uh, to mean that you've got these evil men who want to control the lives of women. Well, that's a messed up way to look at the situation. And one that is not even focusing on the very concept and the very issue. I think you'd win a lot more people if you said, we know this is a tough decision, but sometimes it is a decision. I don't think abortion is going anywhere in America. I think there will be plenty of states, if it ever went back just to as a state's issue, that would allow it without, without question. But the idea that the pro-life people shouldn't keep fighting it, of course they should. They believe in this thing. Why should they have to stop because somebody else says it's, it's a violation of my reproductive rights? We've already determined that it's not a violation of anybody's reproductive rights. Nobody is stopping you from reproducing or not reproducing. Yes, I accept the fact that that's where the rape conversation can come into play. Man, that's a horrific conversation. I'm not saying no. That's some ugly stuff and may actually require some real conversation. Some people on the pro-life side might say it is awful. But this life didn't do anything to you. That's a hard conversation to have, right? That's heavy. That's heavy and worthy of a conversation. And, and certainly, I don't think you should be just dismissing people for it. But the people who say it's about control and it's my body, I'll do what I want. Am I allowed to decide whether or not I get the coronavirus vaccine? If I want to travel, can I still travel on an airplane? Airlines are very, very interested in putting forth this idea of having a coronavirus passport to prove you've been vaccinated, which I find frightening as all get out. The pro-life people are going to keep fighting, and the truth is they're well within their rights to keep fighting. And if this is the way they want to do it, so it gets to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is forced to revisit one of their bigger mistakes, fine. Fine. Let's see what happens. But no one should think they're stopping. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the way they're going to try and get what they want. And it's very obvious if you've ever spoken to the pro-life side, they have no plans of giving up. I'm Tony Katz. I'm going to encourage you to go visit fairforall.org. Fairforall.org, the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And then I'm going to encourage you, and I want to get this up on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, The Miseducation of America's Elites by Barry Weiss. Because what she has uh, posted here is something that we've uh, discussed, how at the most exclusive and elite of uh, private schools, not colleges, uh, high schools, middle schools, anti-racism and critical race theory have taken hold and how these things are indeed bigotry. Anti-racism may be called anti-racism, but it is bigotry. It is about dividing people. It is about dividing society. It is about categorizing people solely by race and deciding their innocence or guilt based upon it. Critical race theory does the same thing. This Marxism, this destruction of Western civilization, this, these are not just buzzwords. These are the facts as presented. And when people want to argue it, they're more than welcome to. It's like when I discuss Black Lives Matter. Why can't you just say that Black Lives Matter? Why do you have to keep bringing up the organization? The organization got $90 million, and the organization is a Marxist organization run by Marxists. They don't believe 
in the family unit. As Barry Weiss reported, when you see some of the changes that happen in the schools, one of the things they do is they don't use the word parents anymore. Parents is ripped away. They use folks. F-O-L-K-S. Right? My folks, not my parents. Because why should you have that relationship? Why is it that Black Lives Matter is not interested in the family unit? Because Marxism has no need for the family. The family means that there's control from someone else other than the state. These aren't in the ether tinfoil hat conversations. These are the facts, undenied. They can't be denied by any diversity and inclusion officer anywhere in the country. One private school parent born in a communist nation tells me, according to the article over at City Journal, I came to this country escaping the very same fear of retaliation that now my own child feels. Another joked, we need to feed our families. Oh, and pay 50000 a year to have our children get indoctrinated. To speak against this is to put all your moral capital at risk. That from a New York City school teacher. And that's the absolute truth. People have a hard time speaking against these things because, well, their, their lives are on the line. Their jobs are on the line. Their kids' future is on the line. Remember, they go to this school to try and give these kids a leg up. And you can say, man, the problems of the elites are real. This is happening in public high schools, so it's not their problem, uh, specifically or exclusively. The article is at City Journal, city-journal.org, and you should read it. I'll post it uh, there uh, on the Facebook page. What is happening in schools? in elite private schools and in public schools is the dividing of children and not only against each other, but dividing them against their parents. The elimination of things like uh, the classics. What does it say about the current state of that meritocracy then that it wants kids fluent in critical race theory and quote-unquote right fragility even if such knowledge comes at the expense of Shakespeare? which is absolutely positively true. This is what they want. Not only is there a discouragement in some schools about using the word parents, you shouldn't ask questions like, what religion are you? Because to ask about religion might denigrate somebody. No, it's about religion being government. The denigration part is just a nice way of trying to get people to forget about religion. Now, this is playing out in a lot of different ways. In the city of Indianapolis, they are now going to have the new class of police officers take anti-racism training. And the anti-racism training, when you go to the people who are putting this together, they quote things like the 1619 Project, which is a flat-out lie from the New York Times. Every historian will tell you anybody who utilizes this is just lying. And it talks about the Zinn Education Project. We're talking about Howard Zinn, who is repeatedly on list for his book, A People's History of the United States, being a flat-out lie being an anti-capitalist screed, being nothing more than Marxist class warfare. This is happening in real time. Get your head out of the sand. 
It is hard for people to talk about these issues. We are going to try and make it easier. And I am going to be speaking out big, broad shoulders. I mean, I might get fired, but that's cool. Anti-racism is bigotry. Critical race theory is bigotry. And the people who are teaching it are dividing our children and our lives and creating racists. I'm Tony Katz.